Hello, my name is Chris Bell, and I'm here with Three Circle Church, and it's great to be with all of you today joining us online. I know that we are in the middle of this incredible, uh, unprecedented situation worldwide, uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic, but we want to come to you today, and hopefully we are able to encourage you. Uh, hopefully we are able to point you to Jesus, opening the Word of God. My prayer is that whether you're a part of Three Circle Church, one of our campuses, or you're a part of our region here in the Gulf Coast, and you've heard about us, or maybe you're somewhere in the world and you're tuning in today, we hope and pray that more than anything else, we would point you to the, the, the Jesus of the Bible that can change your life, get you through any situation, and, uh, and absolutely loves you. We want you to understand that today as we dive into the Word of God. If you want to turn to your Bibles today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And as we look at the situation we're in, over the past few weeks here at Three Circle, what we've done is we've looked at some places in the Scriptures that would really speak directly to the situation that we're in. We started two weeks ago, we looked at Ephesians chapter 5, and we looked at the fact that the Bible tells us to not be fearful, but to be careful, right? If we, if we do that, that will be very important. And then last week, we looked at the truth that if we will fear Jesus, we don't have to fear anything else. That Jesus calms the storm sometimes that we're in, but more often than that, He calms us while we're in the storm. And I think that's what many of us are experiencing right now. Well, today we're going to go to uh, this incredible place in Matthew, and we're going to see in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to see that Jesus is going to teach us something important. And if you're taking some notes today, you might want to write this down. Jesus is going to give us five reasons to not worry. Because I don't know about you, but I can struggle with worry. I can struggle with worry. Uh, if you don't know our, our story, uh, just a few weeks ago, we were on our way, me and 13 people who are a part of our staff and their families here at Three Circle Church, and we were on our way to tour the Holy Land. And when we were there, uh, we got two days to tour. We were supposed to be there for like 12 days. And on the second day, we ended up being quarantined in a hotel in Bethlehem, Bet Jala, uh, which is in the West Bank. And we were quarantined there really not knowing how long we were going to be there, not knowing the circumstances. There were so many questions, and it was a very, very tough situation. And guess what I did for several days? I worried. I worried about how we were going to get out. I worried about what was going to happen. I worried about what if someone got sick, and thank goodness no one ever did. Uh, I worried. And, and do you know what? The Bible is going to show us today that, yes, it is a very tempting thing for us to worry when we're in a situation like this. But the Bible tells us that we shouldn't. In fact, the Bible commands us to not worry. And, and what I found is God was faithful to us in our situation. We miraculously got out of that area back to the United States. And it's an incredible story. But then we got back here and we stepped right into the situation that's basically what we're all dealing with now. Uh, we, we went from one quarantine to another, right? And so we're all dealing with this situation. I think the temptation that all of us are going to have is to worry. And Jesus today in Matthew chapter 6 is going to help us to not worry. And the first reason Jesus is going to give us is that worry is inconsistent. So today, if you're worried about what's going on with, with, with everything around you, it's very tempting to because none of us have ever faced anything like this in our lifetimes. So it's understandable that that would be very tempting, but, but I want you to see today that the Bible's going to tell us worry is inconsistent. Look at Matthew 6, uh, verse 25. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. That word anxious means worry. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food 
and the body more than clothing. The first thing we see here is that Jesus is commanding us to not worry and to not be anxious. And he gives you a why. There's a why behind the what. I love that Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're in a global pandemic right now and the economy and the health issues and all of these different things. But don't worry. Jesus is not Bob Marley, okay? So he's not saying, don't worry, be happy. That's not, that's not what he's doing here. He's not just, just blowing the situation off. What Jesus is saying is, don't worry, and he's giving you a reason why. And here's why. If we trust Jesus with eternity, and if you're a believer today and you're tuning in with us and you're joining us to worship, if you're a believer in Christ, that means you've trusted Jesus with the most important decision of your life. You're trusting Jesus with forever. Because the truth is, and we're all seeing it right now, we're far more fragile than we ever thought, right? This situation can remind you really fast that wealth can be gone in a moment and health can be gone in a moment. So what do we have to depend on? And if you're a believer today, you already understand that and you have placed your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. And the Bible says he's the only way to heaven. But if you've done that, then worry, and this is very important because Jesus is speaking to believers here. If you're a believer in Christ, worry is inconsistent because you have said, I trust Jesus with my eternity, then I should be able to trust him with today. If I trust Jesus with forever, I should be able to trust Jesus with today. But the problem is many of us, and I do this sometimes too, I trust Jesus to save me for eternity and to take care of life now and forever. And yet I will worry and be anxious about my daily needs. And let me just make this clear today, and this is good news. You can trust Jesus for your eternity. If you are joining us today and you don't have a relationship with God, there's only one way to have a relationship with God. It's through Jesus. And I just want you to know today, Jesus can save and will save you. And Jesus can take care of eternity. But here's really good news. The same Jesus who died on the cross and came out of the grave and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, forever king, forever in charge, he also can take care of not just your eternity, but your today. He can take care of tomorrow morning. He can take care of this afternoon. He can take care of your needs right now. The same Jesus takes care of our eternity, takes care of our today. When you look at the meaning of the word worry, I want you to understand what the word really means. The word worry means to tear apart or to pull in opposite directions. Isn't that true? I mean, how many of you have ever lost sleep and worried for a long time over things that actually never even happened, right? It's such a waste. It tears us apart. It moves us in different directions. Uh, for me, the idea I get of worry is spinning because whenever, I don't know how you guys are, I have a ceiling fan above my bed, and when I am worried and anxious, I can't sleep well, and I will lay in bed and watch the ceiling fan. Do you know that you can, like, get your eyes adjusted to where you can follow the blades? It's really great. And I've done that many, many, many times. I bet you have as well. And that's kind of what worry does. It, it, worry is, is like a treadmill. You can run and run and run and not get anywhere, right? You can expend a lot of energy and not move an inch because worry is inconsistent. Worry says, I trust Jesus here, but I don't know if I can trust him with this. I believe that he's, in, I believe he's powerful, but I, I don't believe he can handle this situation in my life. There's an inconsistency there, and what's happening is you're being pulled in two, two different directions. That's what worry will do, and it's why Jesus commands us to not worry. Now, what he is not saying is that we can't be concerned, and I want you to understand there's a difference between worry and concern because worry will tear, tear you apart, but let me tell you what concern is. Concern is a biblical idea. 
And it's a legitimate thoughtfulness and emotion. It's legitimate. There's nothing wrong with concern. But concern can very easily tip over into worry. Concern doesn't lead you to anxiety and worry. Concern leads you to wisdom. It, it, it causes you to stop and pause and ask the right questions and think things through. And let me tell you one of the most important things that concern will do. Concern will lead you to prayer. So worry leads to fear and anxiety. You might want to write this down. But concern will lead you to focus and to prayer. Worry doesn't lead you to prayer often. Worry leads you to think and, and, and be anxious and, and roll it over in your mind a million times. But when you become concerned about something, concern is different. It'll lead you to focus on it, think through it in a healthy way, and most importantly, it'll lead you to pray. The book of Philippians tells us that we should worry about nothing and pray about everything. Literally, that's exactly what it says. Don't don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. We should pray about everything and, 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 and don't worry about anything. That's That's what the Bible is teaching us. And the book of Philippians tells us that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds when we make the choice to go to concern and prayer rather than worry, fear, and anxiety. The other thing we see here is that hard times can teach us what's most important in life. Listen to what Jesus says. He reminds us, and I think this is just like the ancient audience he had is so relevant to us today, is we worry ourselves to death over toilet paper and food and what's going to happen next week in the economy, Jesus says these powerful words, is not life more than food and clothing? In other words, Jesus is saying life is way more than that. Guys, listen, life is more than how much money you have in the bank and it's more than how comfortable you are. And I think many of us are finding that out right now. You're, you're at home with your family and you begin to go, you know what, we're we're typically so busy as a family, we don't get to spend a ton of time just together. And you may be getting to know one another again right now. And you may begin to go, wow, my kids are awesome. We, we celebrated uh, yesterday my daughter's 10-year birthday. And we just got to spend the day. And you know what? We didn't get to do a party like we normally did. Some of her friends and their parents, they did a car parade in front of our house, honking the horn and singing happy birthday to her from the cars. It was awesome. And you know what, what I began to see? Life, life is more than money and stuff and buying presents and, and even having the perfect birthday party because we throw really good birthday parties. But this year it looked different. And 10's a big birthday, man. That's a big birthday for a kid. But you know it was one of the best birthdays ever for, for my little Gracie. It, it was awesome. And I think it was because we were together. We weren't rushed. And, and, and you can almost hear the words of Jesus coming through when he says, hey, life is about more than all this stuff you're worried about. Life is about far, far more than that. The next thing I want you to see Jesus teaches us is worry is not rational. It's not, it is inconsistent. It is not rational. It doesn't make sense. Look at Matthew uh, 6, 26. He says, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? This is Beautiful, beautiful, it's powerful. What's it saying? It's saying it's not rational for you to worry because if God takes care of birds, he'll take care of us. Jesus looks at birds. Now, let me just ask you a question today, guys. Listen, have you ever seen a worried bird? I've never seen a worried bird. Right now, it's beautiful weather uh, here along the Gulf Coast where we are, 
and the birds are out. And, and this is the time like me and my wife are taking walks in the neighborhood and walking with the kids, and you're seeing the birds, and I love the outdoors anyway. And, man, the birds are happy. I, I was sitting on my back porch the other day, and maybe you've done this, and you look around and you realize nature doesn't care about the pandemic. They're not worried about the economy. The birds are hanging out there having a blast. It's beautiful weather. I've got a dog in my backyard. His name is Gus, and he's a bird dog, really. It, he, he's a pet, but like his train, he's a Boykin Spaniel, and he was like bred to hunt birds. And there's so many birds, they're like driving my dog crazy because he cannot get to them, and they're just having a blast. And, and as I was preparing for this, I was looking around my yard at birds in the trees and all around, and I thought not one of those birds are worried and anxious. They're as happy as they can be, and God takes care of them. Now listen, Jesus is not telling you to be like birds. He says, look at them. So what Jesus is saying is, observe them. We shouldn't be like birds, but we can observe and learn from them. And what Jesus wanted us to understand is, here's this is so good. You're more valuable than them. Like nature is awesome. Trees and birds, and I, I love the outdoors. But you matter more to God than any of them. You are more valuable. Jesus makes it clear. I'm sorry if you, if you are a nature lover and you think humans are terrible and trees and birds are the best. Jesus says nothing's more important than the people. I think there's a movie that we, we watched a few years ago uh, called We Bought a Zoo or something like that. Matt Damon's in this great movie. And uh, there was a place where they were asking him about the zoo and the owner of the zoo said, I like the animals, but I love the people. And, and I really believe that that's like the heart of our God in this. Jesus is saying, look, I've created all this wonderful beauty in nature, but I love you more. It's irrational to look around and go, God will take care of the birds and he won't take care of us. Worry is not rational. Thirdly, worry is ineffective. This is important because I like things to work. I like things to, to be effective. I like efficiency, right? And I think a lot of us as Americans do, we're kind of wired that way. Well, worry, if you're looking at it that way, if you're pragmatic, worry is totally ineffective. Look at verse 27. He says, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? In other words, Jesus says, worry is a completely useless human emotional activity. There is nothing useful about worry. You're not going to change anything by worrying. The nights I've laid in my bed and watched the ceiling fan roll and spinning around. And not just the ceiling fan spinning, but my mind spinning. Listen, it didn't do a thing. It's never changed a thing for me to worry. When I was in Bethlehem and stuck in a hotel there, my worry did nothing. Now, when I was healthy and concerned and working on things and calling and doing the things that needed to happen, that was a good thing. But when I got anxious and worried, well, that wasn't helping anything. And it did not change the situation. Jesus wants you to understand that worry is not going to change anything for you. It's a useless activity. Go pray or go get a pen and write some things down. Be productive, but don't just sit and maul things because what will happen is you will end up very fearful and you can even be paralyzed spiritually in that situation if you don't make the shift from worry and anxiety to concern and thoughtfulness and prayer. It's just not going to help. And I think all of us have experienced this, right? I mean, let's be honest. This pandemic is something that none of us chose, but it is upon us. And the question is, what are you going to do with it? And how are you going to live through it? And what's life going to look like? When you look back on this time, how are you going to see your time in the middle of this?
Are you going to be able to go, I handled that well. I grew closer to Jesus. I led my family to love one another more and love Jesus more. Or are we going to just worry the whole time and realize we didn't change a thing with that worry? It is a useless human activity. Uh, The next thing Jesus points out is that worry is illogical. Let's look at verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, and why are you anxious about clothing? So he started with food, and now he talks about clothing. Again, it could not be more relevant to what we're dealing with right now. He says, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So the next thing we see is it's it's illogical. It just makes no sense for a believer who knows who God is to worry, to worry. And Jesus, again, is using birds and flowers, two pretty helpless parts of creation, right? These aren't powerful parts of creation birds and flowers. But let's be honest, flowers are beautiful. They're awesome. Here on the Gulf Coast, we have azaleas. Mobile's kind of the azalea city, and I grew up with a grandmother with a bunch of azaleas in her yard. They're beautiful, right, this time of year. This time of year, the world explodes with beauty. Uh, Bellingrath Gardens is a beautiful place in our area that you can go and see just all this beauty. And when you look at it, you go, man, that is amazing. And Jesus claims that Solomon who was one of the, the richest man to ever live, and Solomon must have dressed pretty well, right? He's like, he was, he, he's saying the flowers are better dressed than Solomon. So Solomon was like, you know, he was wearing the good stuff, right? Armani and all that. I mean, he was rocking it in the ancient world. And he really had a nice wardrobe, obviously. And Jesus said, yes, Solomon thought he looked good. He never looked as good as the flowers in the fields that God clothes, that God takes care of. And Jesus was a brilliant, brilliant communicator, obviously, And what he's trying to get you to do is see that, listen, God takes care of creation. He will take care of you. Let me just say that again. You need to hear that truth today. In the middle of our worry and our anxiety and a situation that's bigger than all of us, that certainly it's tempting to worry and be anxious. Jesus says, don't do that. Remember, listen, church, remember that God loves you more than all those, that he cares about you more than flowers and birds He is going to be faithful. And if you can trust him with eternity, you can trust him with today. You can trust him with, (coughs) excuse me, tomorrow. Worry is simply illogical. And then finally, let's be honest here, worry is sinful. Jesus has commanded us not to worry. So if we're worried, then we are sinning against him. Because worry says, hey, I don't trust you. Worry says, I I I trust you with eternity. I don't trust you with today. I don't trust you with tomorrow. Look at what he said in Matthew 6, 31 through 32. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what should we eat, what should we drink, or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows that you need them all. So Jesus makes a point here. When he says pagans, he's, he's talking about people who don't know God, people who don't have a relationship with God. And Jesus says, look, they worry about things. And it's natural that they would because he says they don't know God. They don't have a relationship with God. But Jesus again commands you, and it's the third time that he commands you, do not be anxious, do not be worried. Jesus is saying here, listen, 
if you know God, then you should see every situation differently. That's kind of the kind of the, the hammer that he throws down here. If you're a believer, you should handle the pandemic different than non-believers. If you really believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, you should be looking at this situation differently than people who don't know Jesus. And if, listen, if you're a believer and you are acting and thinking and walking and navigating this situation the same way people who don't know God are doing it, if, if there's no difference in the way we are seeing the situation and people without God see the situation, then what does that say about our faith? And what does that say about our trust in God? Jesus is telling us, look, it is a sinful thing to live in anxiety and worry. So then what do you do? If Jesus is saying, don't worry no matter what the situation is, even when it's things like food and clothing, which we're all dealing with, right? When it's things that you depend on that that seem to be very, very precarious and, 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 and maybe they're not going to come through. Jesus says, we need to make a shift. And this is the crucial shift we must make. Look at Matthew 6, 33 to 34. Jesus says this, seek first, instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, seek first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness. And here is the most relieving phrase in the entire passage. And all these things will be added to you. What things? Everything you need. And sometimes it won't look the way you wanted it to or thought it would. And sometimes it'll be last minute because when we were getting out of uh, Bethlehem and the the Holy Land, when we were quarantined there and we didn't know when we were going to get to come back, everything that happened for us to get to come back to the United States happened at the last minute. And it didn't go the way I thought it would. But you know what? God was faithful. And Jesus tells us here that we need to take our focus from everything that we need and everything we may lose and our 401k and our retirement plans and what's going to happen tomorrow and how this is all going to go and how long are we going to be in our homes. Jesus says, instead of all that, we need to focus on the kingdom. And what the kingdom is, is how things are in heaven. Jesus told us to pray. Do you remember this? He said, pray for God's kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when it says that we need to seek first the kingdom, what that means is we seek the rule and reign of Jesus in our lives. And that should be our number one concern. The number one concern, three circle and all of our friends, our number one focus right now should be to live out our faith in the middle of this situation. To show the world this is what it looks like to follow Jesus when times are tough. To show our families that. To treat people the way Jesus would. To live out our faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus right now. And he promises us that if we will seek first the kingdom, he will take care of everything. He'll give us wisdom. He'll help us navigate things. He'll move us from worry to concern where we can actually have wisdom and make good decisions. If we seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. And then in verse 34, he says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day, is his own trouble. At the end here, Jesus is going to give us some really good practical advice. We're going to land the plane here. And here's what I want you to hear Jesus say in verse 34. We are made to live life one day at a time. You need to hear that. You are made to live one day at a time. You were built that way. You were created by a God who knows exactly how he created you. And God created us for a specific rhythm. And the rhythm he created us for is one day at a time. 
And the problem is, as, as humans, as creatures who are very much weak in many ways, we deal with the fact that we oftentimes will live in the past or we'll live in the future. But we have a hard time focusing on today. And the Bible's clear. Jesus says here, today is what you need to focus on. He's given you strength for today. In the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. In other words, God is going to give you the strength you need for today. But here's what will happen if you don't focus on today. And in a situation like the current coronavirus pandemic that we're all dealing with, we are going to be very tempted to do exactly the opposite of what Jesus is saying. Because many of us right now can't live today because we're so anxious and fearful about tomorrow. And I'm just telling you, if you think about two more months of this and what the economy is going to look like and what your life's going to look like two months from now, you're going to wear yourself out. You were not built to carry the weight of two months ahead right now. You were built to deal with today. And if you're just still living in the past and you're always living in the past and you wish things could be the way they were, listen, it's going to wear you out because God made us to live this day. And this day is a gift And today is the day the Lord has made. And let let me just tell you why. Living in the past and living in the future can destroy you. If you're living in the past, you're probably either dealing with shame or nostalgia. So if you live in the past all the time, you're probably thinking, you know, some of us, we may think of the shame, of the things we've messed up and the things we could have done better. And you know, the Bible says in Christ, there's no condemnation. So shame is not from God. And if you live in the shame of the past, it's going to tear apart today the gift that God's given you of today. Or you may be a person that you're over-nostalgic and you just act like everything was better back then when the kids were little or before the coronavirus stuff happened or whatever. When you were younger, when you lived there, and, and what's happening is you're allowing the past to rob you of today. Healthy people who love Jesus, they appreciate the past, they have good memories, they can enjoy the past, they can learn from their mistakes, but they allow God to help them live today. Now, I think the bigger temptation right now for many of us is we're caught up living in the future. We're living in the future, and there's two big things that surface when we try to live in the future rather than live today. And it's this, we either are living in fear or we're living in the illusion of control. Many of you are fearful about what's gonna happen tomorrow. You're scared to death, and it's robbing you of today. You can't enjoy today, the moment that God has given you today you're so worried about tomorrow, Jesus would tell you, stop doing that. And then some of us, we've decided that we can control tomorrow, that if we think this thing through enough, we will take advantage of the situation or we'll make sure we're okay in the future. And we are prideful in that way. And we think we can control the future. And let me tell you, my friends, you cannot, because everyone in the world was pretty much caught totally off guard by this situation, but God was not. So then what do we do? You need to make a shift from living in the past and living in the future to living today. And my, my, my final point to us today is, see the day God has given you right now as a gift. Today is a gift, a gift from the Lord to us. One of my favorite quotes on this is from Corey Timboon. And it says this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it empties today of its strength. My friends, do not worry. Trust in the Lord for today and and enjoy the gift of today. And trust that the God who takes care of your eternity can take care of your needs today. Now, if you're here with us today as 
as we pray in just a moment, and you don't have a relationship with God, we want you to know that he loves you and that you can know him through the person of Jesus. You could let us know there in the chat room. Uh, you could almost uh, also email us at uh, Three Circle Church, uh, info at Three Circle Church, and let us know that you want someone to pray with you. But if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible is clear that he came to save the lost. Give your life to him today. Ask for forgiveness of your sins and trust him for your salvation. And we believe that you will be saved. And one of our staff would love to talk to you about that. So please use the chat room there. Email us at info at threecirclechurch.com and let us know, hey, I want someone to talk to me about my relationship with God. Guys, be encouraged as we continue to walk through this situation. We are praying for you. Let's not worry. Let's trust in the Lord. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. And I pray today that as we trust in you, uh, Lord, for tomorrow, that since we can trust you for tomorrow, we can live today. And the strength and the grace you've given us for today. We love you. We're grateful. I pray that you continue to help us to walk in your grace and to seek first the kingdom and that we would live out our faith in this very tough situation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.